are the Jets an avoid-at-all-costs offense this season? Which Hawkeye tight end is better for dynasty owners? And we play a would-you-rather with Le'Veon Bell. Plus, the 2018-19 FFPC Divisional Round Playoff $50,000 grand prize winner, Prasad Kanan, drops by to talk about how he constructed his lineup and why Damian Williams made the cut for him on his roster from Kansas City. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, when laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you tonight, we're gonna make some cash Robbing old folks and making the dance They did the job, money came with ease But one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic Broadcast live and heard around the world You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Presented by MyFFPC.com With your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back, but he missed her. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Rob. Greetings and salutations. Each and every one of you, Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts, welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, who are the rookie tight ends that can make an impact year one for you in 2019? What is Darius Geis's fantasy value at the moment? Or Geis, as we coined him last year. That was short. since He got hurt right away. We never got to uh, overplay that awful joke. Uh, plus... $50,000 FFPC Divisional Playoff Challenge champion Prazid Kanan rebuilds his winning lineup for us tonight and answers your emails all on tonight's show. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to uh, post any questions you all might have in there if you want to connect with us on Twitter. You can do so at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Prazid is on Twitter at Prazid Kanan. Uh, you can also visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFFR. If you want to chime in and talk with us, feel free. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, football at gmail.com. If you do have any questions for us or for, or for Praza, uh, now is the time to send them. We will get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails on the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. And uh, our audio engineer, Bryce, and our mutual friend, uh, and producer Rob are going to be uh, getting those to us later on in the show. Now, uh, full disclosure, uh, Dave Gerzak, who is uh, stepping up to the mic right now. David, welcome to the uh, show. Hello, Eric. How are you? Good, good. Uh, full disclosure, Dave actually uh, just got in, in into the studio right now because he was busy making sure that a, uh, a live best ball filled and went off in time, and you can sign up for those at MyFFPC.com. Best Ball Superflex Double Ups available at $35, $77, and $250. And with um, almost, I think, 100 rookies in there right now, 
uh, that you can draft. And uh, this is the time, the time to get value. We'll be referencing the ADP throughout the show tonight. If you uh, want to pick up a Dynasty Orphan, do so at myffpc.com right now. Click on that Dynasty banner. You can take a look at uh, all the Orphan teams that are out there, discounted prices. And, of course, anything with the new sticker on them means that we just listed those. So check that out. And uh, last thing I'll say before we get to Prazit here, uh, Rotoviz High Stakes Slowdown Season 4, the premiere, it's out. They said it couldn't be done. They said there's no way Balky gets a season four with Rotoviz. They're way too proficient. They're way they, this is they really a sports season. Yeah, the sports season. And this like started last year. No, no, no. This has been going on for several years now. Brian Studebaker, you can follow at RMG underscore Dynasty. Good, good size one, like a 45 minute episode. A lot of uh, Dynasty strategy in there as far as rookie drafts. As far as startups go, uh, trading, what you should be doing now in February. And then we get into some, uh, a few of the rookies that are going to be drafted. Uh, you can check that out at rotoviz.com slash podcast. You can also go to the Rotoviz Spreaker channel, uh, as well as Apple Podcasts. Basically, anywhere you download podcasts, you can uh, check that out with uh, me and Brian Studebaker. All right. Let's get into tonight's guest here, ladies and gentlemen. He has been playing high-stakes uh, fantasy football for one year. Yeah, that's right. This is his first year. He is entering his seventh season of playing fantasy football, though, and having Tom Brady's name in his FFPC Divisional Playoff Challenge team name might have helped get the attention of the football gods as he took home the $50,000 grand prize this season in the inaugural Divisional Playoff Challenge in the FFPC. Please welcome in the champion of that contest. It is Prazid Kanan. Prazid, thanks so much for joining us tonight, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. What up? How are you guys all doing? We are doing excellent. We are uh, excited to talk fantasy football with you. So this is, I got to ask you right off at the top, and, and we're, we're going to get into more, but your first year of playing high-stakes fantasy football, you, you entered, I know you were in the playoff challenge, um, and then you, you entered the divisional playoff challenge, and how about that? 50 grand, it only took 200 bucks. That had to be pretty awesome, man. <laughs> Yeah, it is, you know, it's, it's a dream, man. Like, uh, it is surreal for me. I was still pinching myself. This has really happened. Um, you know, thanks to Cooks. Honestly, that is the difference for me. Cooks was a clear difference for me in the, line, in, in the lineup because the guys above me, because when I finished the, uh, the NFC AFC Championship game, I was sitting at 31st rank, and I was looking at all the folks above me in the list, and everybody has girly. And and some people obviously have it, and so I think the Cooks was the difference maker for me, man. So yeah, it was yeah, it Cooks, was a, it, it was it, a hell of a ride. Cooks uh, definitely shot a lot of teams up on the on the uh, leaderboard, no question during the Super Bowl. Your your team included. Prazid, let's get, we'll, we'll get into fantasy football in a second. Can you tell the uh, the listeners what you're doing for a living when you are not winning fifty thousand dollars in the divisional playoff challenge with the FFPC? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, so I am. Uh, I'm a technologist. Um, I'm an architect, software architect. Um, you know, I'm technology sales executive uh, for a large consulting firm in US. Um, you know, obviously, I have I have a, a other interests too. This is just not fantasy football, but rather, you know, I play. I love all kinds of sports: basketball, soccer, golf, and, and obviously tennis. So I'm a sports junkie and. Uh, I love all kinds of sports, and fantasy football is another uh, one of them. So that's awesome. That's really good cool. stuff for sure. For sure, that's uh, that's really good, Dave. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about this uh, divisional round because you know the thing is, everybody always wants to know, like, well, how are you going to build your lineup? How are you going to build your lineup? 
Um, but it's always fun, Dave, I think, to look at, after the fact, to look back on how this lineup was built. Yeah, so the question is, hey, how'd you build your lineup? Yeah, all right. <laughs> I was probably setting you up a little too much on that one. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, like I said, I mean, this is my uh, my first inaugural, you know, FFPC endeavor. You know, I, I have to give a shout out to one of my buddy, Drew Sorcy, who kind of introduced this to me. I used to play a lot of, uh, you know, um, draft kings and all that but uh but this is my first ffpc and you know this is one of the best uh format that i ever played so thanks to you guys um and also you know when i started you know building the playoff plan of playoff lineup the one mantra i kind of kept in my mind is dogs are dogs because it's very hard in nfl to kind of go into some other on the road and winning a winning a playoff game is, is a monumental challenge so um, so I kind of kept that in mind and kind of built the my bracket and my picks were picks were fair for Super Bowl for were uh, Saints and Patriots. I mean, which is obvious, right? Which which most of the probably 99% of the people would have picked that, or probably Saints and Chiefs. Um, so, but I, I I believed in Brady. I think he he will definitely show up, and I thought that Saints and Patriots were a clear pick. Um, but also. You know, uh, to be honest, uh, I know the, the second biggest beneficiary of the no PA call uh, on the Rams Saints game was me because um, if Saints would have walked in, probably Thomas would have showed up, but uh, but definitely Kamara would have played a much larger role given the way that uh, uh, the patch play. So anyway, um, uh, you know, I felt like I was also another beneficiary of that call. It just went in my way. Um, so the way the simple strategy works is, you know, I just picked the top player in, in the individual teams. Uh, but also the, one of the key aspects of this Sunday football is, especially to go to the number one, your lineup should have someone or a combination of something that nobody else have. So that kind of helps you get to the number one is always my belief. Um, so in yeah, my yeah. case, yeah, go ahead, Eric. No, I, I, I was just going to say, you know, people talk about, um, oh, there's, you know, there's a lot of jokes when we had the, the original playoff challenge with these 4,250 teams and people are like, oh, but what, what's, what does that cut up 25 ways? You know, assuming that there's going to be one team or there's going to be, you know, two dozen teams with all the same roster. But once again, we, we had a, a singular champion in that and you were the singular champion in this. And I think that goes into it. I mean, you want to have really good players, but you also want to be different, uh, at least with one or two players for sure. So I think the yeah, so to your point, yes, I mean, if you look at all the lineups, Gurley was obvious choice for Rams, right? So we got to be something different. Um, for for Coles, Ebron or TJ Hilton seemed to be the obvious choice. Um, but I, you, you, you try to be different. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the obvious choice for QB, which, uh, I mean, I also picked the Patrick Mahomes in one of the other lineup in my playoff challenge. So, you know, those are some obvious calls went in other way, so uh, I think uh, the combination of things that just, just went in my way, I think, this time. So, Prasad Kanan, the, the $50,000 FFPC Divisional Playoff Challenge champion joining us here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. Let's uh, delve deeper into this a little bit and kind of look at some of the some of the guys that really made a difference for you. And I'm going to look at quarterback right now. For your Indianapolis Colt here, you chose Andrew Luck over uh, Eric Ebron. Ebron being a popular choice, given that he was one of the best tight ends in the FFPC all season, and the fact that you get a point and a half per catch 
four tight ends. That turns out to be three. I mean, he didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but if your tight end is in the Super Bowl, he's getting three points for every single catch. I'm curious, why was Andrew Luck the play for you at quarterback there over Eric Ebron, Prezad? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Um, so this is, again, going, going back to the concept of high-risk, uh, high-reward play. Um, I just wanted to differentiate the lineup, uh, make it a bit awkward. Um, so if you really think about it, um, you know, I'm pretty sure uh, people know, obviously, know, know the play calling of, of, of course, because of the red zone, most of the time they just go to the Eric Ebron. So, or, or you know, probably they're going to run the ball with Mac. So, so it feels like, you know, in the playoffs, typically the, your opponent will always try to take away your best weapon on, on the red zone. Um, so I always feel like, you know, even Ebron is a great choice. The, the number of catches throughout the game, you know, probably he might get five to six targets. I mean, or maybe max 10 targets, but he will make five or six of them. So there is not a lot of, he's not a very big yardage guy, but it's a red zone threat. So that's one of the reasons I, I want to go away from LeBron. Um, and, and also, you know, it's personally like, you know, throughout my, throughout this year, although LeBron was a great choice in some of the weeks, um, I never picked the LeBron, you know, even in my DFS or, or my playoffs. So, it is just my mindset of just going away, and he's just a beneficiary of Dial is uh, missing out uh, due to injury. So I, I don't see him as a as a phenomenal, you know, game-changing player. Uh, he's more of the beneficiary of the injury for Dial. So, so that's the reason I, I didn't pick him. I thought Luck was the best player for uh, for Coles throughout the playoffs. So that's why I picked him. So uh, let's go back to the Rams a little bit. So if Todd Gurley had been healthy and performing well at the end of the season, would you have? Do you think you would have taken him over Brandon Cooks, or do you think you would have still faded Gurley given that he had, would have such a high ownership percentage? Yeah, I think uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I definitely thought that, um, like, you know, the differences are just dialed up to stop Gurley because we all seen that what Goff can do with his with his arms. Um, you know, he is a, a phenomenal player. Goff himself is a phenomenal player, but I think that ramps up and runs through Gurley most of the time. Um, so it is, it is just that, you know, the Gurley plays flashy and he's extremely talented. He's a generation player and all that. But to be honest, I didn't like, like him in playoffs, um, especially this year because he's not healthy. You know, CJ and Anderson is picking up the slack really well, running the ball. Um, and, you know, he's not like the... The, the, the laggard, blunt kind of running between the tackles kind of a guy, you know, if you give him the space or, you know, if you give him the ball in the space, Gurley really does the damage. But, you know, he, I think the playoffs is all about running hard in the, in the cold weather. So, um, so I don't see him as a, as a great athlete this year. I didn't see him as a, as a really a suitable guy throughout the playoffs. So that's the reason I went to Cooks because over years, you know, obviously, Cooks proved that uh, he is a clutch player. Um, no matter what stuff your matchups are, he definitely shows up in the playoffs, which he has done with with last year with Patriots and and you know with Saints before. Um, he's a phenomenal player. So, so that's the reason I went to Cooks. You know, I kind of had a dilemma between Cooks and Woods, but I thought Cooks may be the that one throw kind of like you put like one one big throw. He just that's like 60, 70 yards on the score. So he just puts you like 20, probably 15, 20 points just in a couple of plays. 
So I just took a two took a risk with Cooks on that one. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. Cooks has been clutch in the playoffs, no question. And, and obviously, he, uh, you know, that that especially that fourth quarter, he was huge for anybody who owned him uh, for sure. You had a heavy running back team, Praza, no question, uh, on this team. And one of the one of those running backs was Damian Williams, another guy that was massive for anybody who had him going in the playoff challenge. Were you trying to be contrarian in selecting him as your chief over league MVP Patrick Mahomes? the best tight end in the league, Travis Kelsey, or Tyreek Hill, who was one of the best wide receivers, or something else going into that decision that, that you thought, hey, Damian Williams is going to be my choice here, and it's the right choice. Um, you know, going into the division and playoffs, um, obviously Coles are, uh, Coles are waiting for Chiefs, and the Coles had one of the best secondaries in the football. I mean, at least a very underrated secondary, but they're really good. Um, so um, my thought my, my thought process was Coles will be clearly dialed in um, in terms of stopping um, stopping um, this stopping Hill for sure. Um, but I thought that you know Kelsey will be a hit or miss throughout the season. He he scored probably four 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 or five touchdowns throughout the year, especially the last six seven weeks he hasn't scored yet scored a touchdown. Um, but he has been the the yardage machine or the chain moving uh, moving target for Mahomes. Um, you know he's obviously catching seven to eight targets, um, probably seventy eighty yards. So that's very high floor. But but I felt like his ceiling was not like twenty five thirty points, would probably in the range of twenty. But he has high floor of at least thirteen fourteen points. But Damien, on the other hand, especially in the last few weeks. And also, they have they have given him a couple of couple of year extension, which kind of proved that he is going to be the biggest piece of that offense going forward. So once I saw the extension came out, and also I saw that his snap count has been very high, um, I thought that he's a clear number one back on the backfield, um, and he has a very good hand, so he's he can going to catch left and right. Um, so given that, so and also if Patriots main, I just took a gamble on okay, my assumption was. Patriots will be making to the to the AFC Championship game, and they'll be playing Chiefs, and uh, he will be completely blanketed by uh, I don't know, uh, probably with um, um, with with, with, the, with the best secondary that that the Patriots got. So um, my assumption was anyway he will be taken away by Belichick, but so it gives me a better chance that you know Damian may be a good because he's gonna run the ball. They're gonna get a lot of chances in the red zone. Uh, do you do you do you do you touch it down through either as a runner or as a catcher? Um, and obviously, I'm extremely bullish about about Damian next year too. I am too. Definitely on board with Damian Williams. You know, we look at uh, where he's going in drafts right now in in the FFPC, Dave. He is uh, his average, his ADP is 307, which is obviously he wasn't even being drafted last year. He's going at the 307 right now in in drafts, and quite frankly, that might be too low. I think the only reason he's going that low is the apprehension of Kansas City maybe bringing on another running back uh, in addition to Williams in 2019 uh, now that they have parted ways with Kareem Hunt and the corpse of Spencer Ware is starting to show his age and his wear and tear out there as well. So interesting stuff on Damian Williams there. It kind of, I mean, that's, Damian Williams, where he's being drafted, scares me a little bit because he's played so well, but he just signed a two-year extension for a max value of $8.1 million. That's not the type of contract you give someone who you really look at as your feature back. Uh, so they may, maybe they felt like they were going to get him for cheap and they'd have him for a couple of years. 
But there's always a chance of a running back being drafted. This does seem like a weak running back class, so at least he has that going for him. I just uh, like a rookie class, you mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Rookies, I mean, someone could come in. You know, even if they draft, you know, someone in the third round, there's a shot that person could come, could come in and compete with Williams. I do like Williams, though. Actually, I mean, his game is so good. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's talk about the Saints a little bit. You took Michael Thomas over Alan Kamara. Uh, talk, walk us through that a little bit. Why did you choose Thomas over him? So again, um, it is it is purely a matchup decision. Um, so. Uh, I think uh, Saints were playing Eagles for the divisional round. And um, Eagles have one of the worst secondaries. Um, so at least, I mean, they are not they're somewhere in the in the 25 to 26, so it's kind of the rank for the secondary. Um, so I thought that, you know, there is no one can match up with Thomas on that secondary, uh, which actually they, they did a pretty good job, <laughs> honestly. Um, but I thought that you know Thomas is gonna gonna really milk that um, that that matchup, and he's gonna definitely cut catch you know probably seven to eight catches in the range of seventy to eighty yards, or probably probably a hundred yard game. So that's the reason I picked uh, Thomas over Kamara. Talking with Prasad Kanan here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the FFPC Divisional Playoff Challenge, fifty thousand dollar grand prize winner this past year. Uh, one of the stories I always like to hear from from the players who who win the big prizes, Prasad, is is what it was like when when you found out. Take me through kind of when you were watching the Super Bowl, knowing that you had a good chance, and then you see Brandon Cooks at the end, um, you know, catch those few passes that that put you up there. Tell, tell me what was going through your mind and, and what you were doing when you were watching that, assuming you were watching it. <laughs> no, yeah, I was. Um, so I was in the in a Patriot den in in Atlanta. I I, I live in Atlanta, so. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because I have this ritual on Super Bowl because we have a bunch of uh, bunch of folks that I always watch the Super Bowl with, you know, fantasies, fanatics, and things like that. Um, so when I was uh, talking to those folks before the Super Bowl, I was showing my lineup and I was telling them, you know, today I, I know I'm going to support Cooks because, you know, Cooks has to show up. He is my, my worry card today. If Cooks plays big today and, and, and obviously Edelman is going to play, he's going to be in the range of 78 catches or, you know, 78 yards at least. But Cooks was really, really different because he's going to be covered by Gilmore and, you know, Gilmore completely, I mean, he's just a phenomenal corner. So I was really worried about his size because Gilmore is tall. Cooks is short, <laughs> you know. I kind of really worried that uh, he is gonna cut some of his, uh, you know, some of his routes, especially the jump balls and all that. Um, but but anyway, kind of works out in my way. Um, but yeah, I was until halftime. You know, there is not a lot of thing happened because Gurley was completely shut down, which which made me happy. And um, and and Cooks Cooks did not do much. He probably you know six or seven points. And then this, after the half-time, things changed, and the and the golf keep on going to Cook. So every time he, I think the eventually the group that I was with, they stopped the supporting the team and rather supporting the Cooks. So now everybody was <laughs> pulling every catch he makes. We jumped out of the table and he was cheering for Cooks, <laughs> uh, which is kind of weird That's because great. we're a bunch of Patriots fans. So especially the last <laughs> catch, the last drive, <laughs> especially the last catch he being, I think. Uh, I think the, the one of the things that was clearly a heartbreak for us is when he was wide open on the backfield and Goff completely wobbled that ball and it took Saul so long to 
come to him and by the time jason makoti was there to tackle him so that was a crazy play and my heart was just i mean if that catch would have been made and i could have won the save i i know that i i would have got a huge lead on top of the goli and then all the other folks and all, all the folks in the, in the in the top 10 so but anyway it didn't happen but but i'm glad that cooks made enough catch on that last drive probably two or three catches he made uh, that kind of helped me uh, get through so uh, really thankful Yeah, the winning lineup, for, I, I should have told you, everybody, this at the front, but Prasad's winning lineup was uh, Andrew Luck at quarterback, three running backs, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, Damian Williams. The wide receivers are Brandon Cooks, obviously, Julian Edelman, Michael Thomas, and then the tight end, Zach Ertz. Remember, they only had to submit eight uh, players in this lineup for the divisional uh, challenge, so that's what that one uh, worked out to be. Uh, Prasad, we got a couple of emails here that, that came in for you that I wanted to read to you, and, and hopefully you can help these uh, these listeners out. Uh, first one is Joe in Defiance, Ohio. I think we've gotten an email from Joe before because I remember the Defiance. Defiance, yeah, that's, it's always stuck in my mind. Uh, you're right, Tay Prasad. Uh, is there a landing spot for Tevin Coleman that you'd be excited about him for fantasy purposes in 2019? Thanks. Mr. 50K, that is Joe in Defiance, Ohio. Um, yeah, Tevin Coleman, a free agent now, obviously was with the Falcons last year. He is free to sign with anybody. Uh, is there a, a situation or is there, is there not a situation in the NFL right now, uh, President, as you look uh, toward this, uh, this coming season and, and this draft season that we're in right now, quite frankly, um, that, that you'd be excited about Tevin Coleman landing in? Um, you know, I think there may be a few spots in the in the NFC or maybe in the, in the AFC as well. They can be a good beneficiary of Kevin Coleman. I mean, I don't see him as a great tackle between the tackles running back, but he's a very good pass catcher of the backfield. Obviously, he has proved that over years. Um, so probably, you know, uh, if if Hunt is not be part of the Redskins, I think he can be a good uh, complementary back. Or Hunt. I mean, obviously Hunt also could catch the ball, but uh, he can be a good uh, good fit for for Redskins um, in one way. Uh, I also see that probably he can, um, you know, he can be maybe Jets. Um, I think I think any team that needs a good pass catching, some kind of one-two punch um, kind of teams will be a good good fit for me. I don't know who has the right cap or. I don't know. I haven't done much research around what is value today, but uh, I don't know how old he is. He's probably twenty, twenty-six, twenty-seven now. Um, I don't know yeah. if he's if he's quite that old. Dave, do you know offhand uh, how old Tevin Coleman is? Or are you are you looking oh, over it? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, because they twenty-five. Twenty-five. Okay. He turns twenty-six in April. So he will be twenty-six before the season starts. Boy, it seems. Yeah. I didn't realize he was that old, but I, I guess I've been waiting on him in Dynasty that long for him to explode. You've been covering him on the Rolls Rotoviz podcast for oh, yeah. years now, Valky. We actually were talking about him on the uh, we, we on Fantasy Overtime on the Apple, or excuse me, not on the Aston Trophy Fantasy Football Show on the show with Leo and Valky this afternoon uh, on AM fifteen seventy and ninety five three ninety nine one FM. The score we're talking about Simon Coleman, and I said this is a guy that. Had the keys to the Cadillac this year when Devontae Freeman went down, yeah, and he could not, he couldn't get it going, man. With the Edo Smith ate into it, he, he just he couldn't crush it. So I think I look at where he could end up this season, and I, 
even if it's in the best situation possible, even if it's with a team that does not draft a running back on day one or day two, it's going to be very difficult for me to get very excited about, about drafting him uh, this season. Now, I reserve the right to change my mind, but that's sort of how I'm at right now. I just don't think he's a special talent. Let's go to Tom in Springfield, Illinois, Prozad. He writes, what's up, champ? If the, oh, it's another NFC South question. If the Bucks cut Deshaun Jackson this offseason, does Chris Godwin finish as a top 30 receiver in Bruce Arians' aerial show in Tampa? Thank you for the email. Tom in Springfield, Illinois. What are your thoughts on Chris Godwin, uh, Prezad, if, if he is the number two behind Mike Evans with no Deshaun Jackson in, in Tampa? Yeah, I think it's gonna be a, it's a it's a great question. Uh, he is uh, he is my one of the sleeper candidates um, that I have written down for next season um, because I think they lost obviously the Derek Quarter is is one of the best uh, offensive minds, but with Bruce Arians running the show, they're gonna be running the ball more uh, obviously, um, but um, but also you know. The play action is going to be huge for them. So I think I am I'm more excited. I don't know about whether he'll be a top 30, but I am I am really bullish about his chances next year. He, I think he is one of the sleeper candidates for next year. Probably, you know, top 30 or even top top 20. You know, um, that's just a very high possibilities for him next year. And interestingly enough, I'm, I was just thinking about the Buccaneers receivers. So if Humphreys goes. He's a, free agent. He's a free agent. Somebody who will probably pay him a lot of money. Caught 70, 77 passes last year, Dave, I want to say. Yeah, a lot. I mean, whatever it was, it was crazy. He crushed it, yeah. So somebody's going to pay him. But And in Bruce Arians' yeah. offense, a lot of times – go ahead. No, I'm just going to say that, you know, um, I think the, I think in the red zone, Godwin has a very good uh, – the leaping ability, and he's very tall and lanky. So I think he has some – some good. Uh, he definitely put some yardage every every week. Given that you know if Deshaun is gone and even Humphreys Humphreys stays, I I think that he will gonna be putting some numbers in terms of at least scoring some 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 touchdowns. So I think uh, I think his, his chances are very high. Dave, I'm going to let you finish your point in a second here, but I will say this about Godwin. Uh, 55 targets his rookie year, 95 targets in 2018. That was with Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys on this team. Sky's the limit for him, so obviously it could even be higher. Go ahead with your point that you wanted to make about him. Well, Howard and Bray are both coming back, but then you saw Justin Watson actually out of Penn. That yeah. He did absolutely nothing whatsoever, but Arians a lot of times his number three wide receiver actually emerges and does something. So Watson could be someone to look at if – Granted, he did literally nothing as a rookie, but you know, you never know. He's a he's a spark specimen. He's a super talent. Six three two twenty five. He was a fifth round pick out of Penn U, not Penn State, Pennsylvania University. It's an Ivy University League school. Of Penn. Excuse me, University of Pennsylvania. Founded by Ben Franklin. Uh, there you go. Uh, always a crowd favorite for sure. <laughs> and uh, you have Justin Watson on that team. We don't know what what they're going to get out of Ronald Jones, Dave. Uh, we don't know what you know if Peyton Barber is going to be uh, back for for more. Jacquez Rogers still. Farting around in that backfield as well. So Le'Veon Bell's out there. Le'Veon Bell's out there. Uh, we'll see what happens in the draft, too. David Montgomery, uh, Benny Snell, uh, Devin Singletary, all guys. Uh, Josh Jacobs, guy that they can look at as well. So we'll see what Tampa does there. Uh, Dave, go ahead uh, with uh, your w- one of your favorite questions that you always like asking. So I know it's early, but can you give us a guy that you will be staying away from? This is in redraft. Stay away from the early rounds next year, and a player that is a sleeper that you'll be, do you think will be poised to break out in 2019? 
Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I've been, probably this is obvious, but uh, I'm going to be staying away from Le'Veon and Antonio Brown, you know, um, because I know they are exceptional talent and, you know, probably once in a generation talent and all that, but I don't know. Usually when this, it will take a couple of weeks to really realize the fact that what's their value. So probably if some of them are available in the later rounds, which which I doubted, but 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 I'm not picking them in the first two or three rounds uh, for sure. Um, and then the so other candidate I would say is yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna real quick. I was just gonna say Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, they're both going pretty early. Uh, we've equated them to being in the late, like we call them third level flakes because they're a little bit right. they're a little bit wacky. They're a little weird. There's something going on with them. There's quite not not right. There's just this little not talking Josh Gordon risk. He's a first level flake. But, like, there's a little bit of risk with drafting those guys. So, I actually am on board with you on those two players. But go ahead with your uh, sleeper. Um, no, I'm just going to have one more one more guy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I don't know whether uh, how much he's going to be good coming back from the from the, from the the MCL and the SL that he has. So, it's going to be interesting. Um, and then, for me, the, the sleepers are, you know, I just have a bunch of them, but uh, there are a few of them that I would find out is the Dante Pettis of 49ers. I, I'm more excited about that guy. He's an exceptional talent. I think he showcased that in the few games that he played. I think once Garapalo uh, coming back, and hopefully he plays well, I think that Dante Pettis might be a breakout candidate for next year if he's not already. Um, and then the other guy I have is Kiki QT. Um, I think he's already kind of a little bit breakout guy, but he's going to be the number two behind uh, probably the, the defense is probably focused more on Hopkins and you know, the Kiki might be the guy uh, who is going to get a lot of yardage for that uh, for that way to see your core up there in, in, in Houston. So I think he's going to be huge. And then the other one, one I think a couple of more guys I have, uh, you know, Ito Smith, uh, I'm excited about him, his chances. Uh, given that uh, Sarkashian is out, and uh, we got the creator from Bucks, he's going to be running the show as offensive coordinator, so I'm excited about Ito Smith. And then uh, the McKinnon, probably a comeback candidate for 49ers in, in the running back. And then the Michael Gallup. I'm excited about Michael Gallup in, in Dallas. So. Lots of, lots of young players. I like that. QT, you know, I feel like if Dr. James Andrews could just go ahead and do a, a double hamstring implant in the, during the offseason for QT, that would be it. That's all he I, needs to actually play a whole season and get yeah. 10 touches a game. Yeah, I, or just see Dick Cheney's doctor. I mean, that guy has had a ton of robot parts. I think Kiki QT could probably benefit from that. Check out the movie Justice League. Whatever they did to Cyborg, I think that could tra- transform Kiki QT into a, a massive fantasy get next year, no question. Uh, Prezakin on the $50,000 grand prize winner in the FFPC Divisional Playoff Challenge this past year joining us tonight. Last question before we let you go and, and enjoy your Friday night, man. Fifty grand, it's a lot of money. you have any plans? Is that earmarked for something special? What do what you plan on uh, spending that cash on? <laughs> you know, the one thing I would tell you that, which I'm not going to do, is I'm not going to Vegas. So that's not happening. Um, but, <laughs> what the uh, hell? <laughs> you know... <laughs> <laughs> Probably I'll stop by for the draft uh, for FOPC, but other than that, you know, I'm not doing it. 
um but you know so good. far no big plans and i'm just savoring this moment you know um you know having you know kind of honestly it's real for me but uh, but i think uh, you you put in the work and you know do your thing and then uh, think things will show up so um i'm going to continue to do that with the fpc going forward so very good and i know you're in the software industry so if you if you do decide to invest in some sort of tech startup or software company that you think is a hot stock my email is david myffpc.com yeah, let, let me let me know what yeah. stock you're investing in after you get in it's fine we don't need to be in right. early like you but just tell us. That's yeah. fine. That's all we have. Absolutely. That, no inside info, though. We don't want to break the law. Yeah. No, I, absolutely not. We just, uh, we're just a casual conversation. We wouldn't even put it on the air, quite <laughs> frankly. We'd just have a, you know, a nice, friendly chat off air, and, and we'll do it that way. Uh, Prasad Kanan joining us tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the $50,000 grand prize winner in the FFPC Divisional Challenge. Follow him on Twitter, at Prasad Kanan. Congratulations, my friend. Uh, I'm thrilled that uh, that you stepped in, in in your first year and you, you win a five-figure grand prize. That's awesome. Uh, best of luck to you in 2019. Hopefully the good things uh, keep on rolling for you, man. And thanks for coming on the show tonight. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much, Eric and Dave. Uh, you guys have a great Friday night. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Uh, thanks. Prasad Ganon, there he is, ladies and gentlemen, uh, joining us tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. A bit of trivia here, Dave. A couple of things I'll, I'll bring up in no particular order. We are just oh, talking about... the uh, whatever of the day? No, it is not. <laughs> uh, a couple of things here. First, I'm going to bring up uh, Two Packer hanging out in the chat room. We were just talking about Mike Evans, who I happen to own in the Blake Carrington Dynasty League, a Dynasty League we refer to a lot on this show. You are in this league. He sent me a trade offer. By the way, I took second and Meyer took third this year. Congratulations to you both. And Balky took... Not first. Seventh. Sixth. Yeah, your team is actually great. Yeah, it was the third highest scoring team in the league. And uh, <laughs> never stood a chance once the playoffs started. <laughs> I am, whatever whatever the Angels are doing to Mike Trout, that's what I'm doing to Todd Gurley in this league. Just cannot, or, or whatever the Packers are doing to Aaron Rodgers, that's what I'm doing to Todd Gurley. Just cannot put a winning lineup around him. I'm glad you uh, got rid of the Mike Trout reference. Since obviously, I don't know who. You know who I, Mike Trout is. You said is. on this I, I show. Know, I know who he is. Okay. I don't know anything. He could be missing a limb. He could be shot. He could be, and, and he could have hit for the cycle today in February in, in pre-spring training. Or is it spring training yet? Not yet. Uh, next week though. Oh. Pitchers and in, bat- in batting uh, cage training. Right. I wouldn't care. Batting cage training. Perfect. <laughs> um, so I have Mike Evans in this league. Two Packer offered me the 108 and the 109 for Mike Evans. <laughs> I have not rejected it yet, um, but, <laughs> I, feel, good but I feel like uh, letting him know over the air which way I'm leading. And it's yeah, hard, hard pass, huh? Yeah. Uh, other thing I'm going to mention, we had that, was it a 35 FFPC that went off at 9 o'clock tonight? 10 o'clock Eastern, excuse me? Yep, 10 Eastern, yeah. Uh, I was playing Words with Friends with Jason Kahn, former guest of the show, Jason Kahn. And uh, he actually sent me a message on there. Guess who joined another FFPC best ball tonight? <laughs> really? I said, was it the one that went off at 10? I said, he said, yes. I said, were you the last one to sign up? And, and he said, no, I was like eighth or ninth. He ended up getting the two pick. Um, number one was Saquon Barkley. He went with Gurley. He wanted to take Ezekiel Elliott, just couldn't pull the trigger on Elliott, so he went with Gurley there. And uh, I said, yeah, you know, Dave um, what, couldn't start the show because he, he had to make sure that lead filled. And he said, ah, that Dave, always working. Uh, he also if, said, if only people really knew. Right. And he says, uh, hi. And he says, uh, love, 
<laughs> Love how you multitask, spanking me in words with friends and taking my fantasy dollars. That's well, funny. Uh, yeah, I'm not. He's beat me three times, three games in a row in that. So I'm, I'm not. That game so hot. good. And uh, no, it's. Um, I like playing it with Jason. <laughs> and no one else. That's it. All right. How do you? How do you? Do we want to? It's it's Scrabble. It's Scrabble. It's essentially Scrabble. Oh. That, that's all it is. It's called words with friends. Oh. Yeah. Thanks to football guys, Roto World and Rob for tonight's rundown, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, not a not a whole lot of uh, news going on. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna be delving deep tonight and oh, uh, the news. picking the brain of Dave. Gert. Really? There's sure. news. Sure. All right, do you have something special in mind, or should I just go with what I got here? Well, yeah, we'll talk about whatever we got to talk about. All right, the Jets have hired former Lions offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter as the running backs coach in New York. This according to the rap sheet on Twitter. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter, of course, was was Detroit's offensive coordinator for the previous four years, and he was actually an assistant with Adam Gase, Jets head coach Adam Gase, uh, in Denver under head coach John Fox. Well, that's a whole lot of mediocrity. Uh, now, the offensive coordinator in New York is Dewell Logans, Logans, Dewell Logans, and uh, Adam Gase is calling the plays. So you have Jim Bob Cooter, you have Dewell Logans, you have Adam Gase there, Dave. Wow, that is a powerful tandem. Oh, I, wait, I'm not done. You have receivers like Quincy Inunua and Robbie Anderson. You have running backs like um, uh, Elijah McGuire and Isaiah Crowell. And you have a quarterback named Sam Darnold. I think the Matt. I shouldn't say I'm totally avoiding the Jets because he had me turned on to Chris Herndon, but I think he's the only guy I'm really considering in this offense. And quite frankly, I'm not that excited about him this year. Your thoughts on just avoiding the Jets' offense entirely in fantasy drafts this year? Oh, uh, you know, I don't think I can avoid him entirely because I mean there are there are only 32 teams. You got to pick some teams. Um, even if they're a six and ten team or seven and nine, I mean they're not the worst. They're not the worst team in the world. And I guess I'll just kind of see how things play out. I'm not, but I semi agree with you. I'm not getting too excited about all those players that you just mentioned. But you know, there's a lot of off season still to come. So we'll see what happens with the with the skill level or the skilled players that they have going on. Robbie Anderson currently going at the 805 in uh, FFPC drafts. Chris Herndon going at the 905 in drafts. And I'm just looking. I would imagine that they're going to – I mean, there's going to be some significant rookies on this team. Isaiah Kroll going at the 2006. And the reason, the, reason, the reason I'm a little optimistic about the Jets is because you still do have Sam Darnold, right? He's a great he's, he's young the guy guy. that I'm excited about. Exactly. Yeah. He, can, he can lift this team up. And uh, so I have a little bit of optimism just because of Sam Darnold and his skill set. So Herndon especially, I mean, what do you – 40-some catches for 500 yards and three or four touchdowns or something like that. That's not that great in general. For a rookie tight end, that's fantastic. Right, and and not only that, but this is a player that we had mentioned in the pre-draft process. I shouldn't say we. It was all you on this one. We had mentioned in the pre-draft process, we again, you had mentioned in the pre-draft process a guy that you were very excited about, had great athleticism, was not a highly drafted guy, but he ended up uh, carving out a pretty good fantasy role. Four redraft teams that selected him and picked him up last year. So but keep in mind, I, I was kind of ripping off the Rotoviz tight end model, and I'm you know I'm trying to think of who was here. Oh man, it's okay. You don't have to cite the person; just cite what you were going to say about it. Well, it, 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 it's interesting though. It talks about their odds of starting 64 games, and um, he was one of the players that actually hit that model. And it has to do with speed score, age bench press, and market share of yards in college. 
That's how my wife chose me, by the way. And that's Chris Hearn, is, for 2018, that's very funny. Very nice. Uh, Mike Jacecki was 60% chance of having hitting that number. Dallas Goddard, 50. And next was Chris Hernan, the third highest ranked tight end at 36%. So that's a pretty good score, actually, right. really, given where he was drafted. So, you know, I... And given how he's the, given how he did as a, as a rookie, I think he's going to hit that number. Was he the best rookie tight end last year? Um, you know, he definitely outperformed. Goddard is the only other guy I can think of. Um, I mean, Gesicki was nothing. Hurst was nothing. Yeah, Hurst was terrible. Gesicki, like you said, Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews, he was okay. Um, but yeah, I think he was the best rookie tight end yeah. last year. Jalen Samuels, they showed him here, but he obviously wants to play running back. Yeah. We touted. By the way, we did shout Jalen Samuels, and he didn't start. He started three games only. But he did really, really well. And actually, I'm actually I'm pretty excited about Jalen Samuels as a cheap guy to grab at any point. Wherever he's getting drafted, grab him if he's there. Right. Because I mean, why not? He's a good player. For anybody who is uh, streaming this or downloading it later, I want to remind everybody we do this show ten nine central every Friday night. You go to blogtalkradio.com/hsffo or hang out in the chat room with the other high stakes players. And I got to tell you, Aces, Rebels, and Two Packer are busy formulating. The, the next trade offer for Mike Evans uh, and Todd Gurley that uh, Tupacker is going to send my way, and it's not good. It is oh, yeah. uh, go. not good. Uh, well, uh, he's saying uh, Todd Gurley, I send him for Adrian Peterson and a player to be named later. Uh, <laughs> who so I that, cut? <laughs> yeah. who, who did you cut? Adrian oh, Adrian Peterson, Peterson yeah. <laughs> um, we, I don't want to get back on the running backs yet because we, we just got done talking about Chris Herndon with the tight ends and, and rookie tight ends this past year. Let's continue on with the rookie tight ends uh, in 2019. Dane Brugler, who writes for The Athletic, now believes Texas A&M tight end Jace Sternberger is going to be drafted in the late second round or early third round. Now, if you're not familiar with Sternberger's work, he is six foot four, 250 pounds. He is Brugler's number four tight end. He only played one season, well, one significant season, with Texas A&M last year, and it was a good one. Scored 10 touchdowns. That was 40% of the Aggies receiving scores last year. He averaged 10.7 yards per, uh, per target last season too, Dave. Now, I know A&M likes to throw the ball around, and uh, they do it a lot under Jimbo Fisher there. However, I will say, this is a guy that you should probably be paying attention to for those dynasty leagues in the FFPC where you get a point and a half per catch for tight end. I think he has more juice, more hum on him uh, than Gesicki did last year, more than Hurst, more than Andrews. Now, we'll see what he does at the Combine, because he is a little bit slight, but as far as a move tight end, I'm definitely interested. Yeah, he's got a cool name, too. Sternberger. How, how do you even fit that on the back? Well, it reminds, you know what's funny? It reminds me of Jake Stoneburner, who, who was uh, a tight end for Ohio State a few years ago and kind of flamed out of the league. Did he? Yeah. Plus, he does have the first name Jace, which reminds me of Jace, the piece of crap Amaro, the former Jets tight end who sucked and was awful. Who I believe was also for a and wasn't he? Jace no, Amaro? Maybe. I'm going to look that up right worst. now. Um, can I, how about this? Is there, is there something that, uh, Jake Stoneburner decided that, uh, since he couldn't, uh, go by the Texas Tech is where Jason Morrow went, just, uh, couldn't cut it in the NFL. He went back to college under the name Jace Sternberger <laughs> and, uh, now is re-entering the draft. Try maybe, again. Maybe I'm not so sure about this Jace Sternberger fella. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do some research on that. Stay tuned. We'll keep you posted right here on the HSFF Hour. Uh, Dane Brugler also saying that Alabama tight end Irv Smith is going to be drafted somewhere in the top 40. Now, he's not ruling out a first-round selection for the tight end from the Crimson Tide. As a junior last year, he averaged 11.5 yards per target, which uh, he also led the class, according to Roto World, 
in marginal explosion, which actually is a big play measurement as far as these prospects go. He uh, was very successful in the red zone uh, in college, which is good for the next level. Right now, uh, the draft network's Joe Marino has Irv Smith going to the Patriots with the final pick of the first round. And if Rob Gronkowski retires, that is a uh, yummy spot for him, at least uh, right away as he begins his NFL career. You look at Irv Smith. I don't know, um, you know, people probably just want to compare him to O.J. Howard. I don't know if they're the the same player, but Irv Smith, uh, Jay Sternberger, uh, just two guys, Dave, in a tight end class that I actually pretty pretty well like this year. Yeah, this tight end class is shaping up, actually. And, you know, it's Irv Smith. The one thing you know about him, he went to Alabama, which means he was probably the number one ranked tight end coming out of high school, right? Because Alabama pretty much gets whoever the hell they want. They oh, had, I, tight end? oh, who's the best one? All right, we'll yeah, go for that. I think that they actually had a, um, a another record-setting class. We just had National Signing Day this past Wednesday, I believe. And I think they had another record-setting class this year, Alabama. You know, again, like you said, just getting who they want. And to that end, Dave, I don't know if you ever pay attention to Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com. His mock drafts are always pretty exciting. Okay. He has Josh Jacobs, Alabama running back, going number five overall in that draft right now. Josh Jacobs, a guy who had fewer than 300 touches in his career at Alabama because they are so deep there. Fresh legs. Because other guys have, you know, they're they're transferring out. I I just, it boggles my mind if you're a five-star player and you're going to another team with other five-star players. uh, I don't think I would want to do that. I'd want to go in a place where I know I'm going to still compete against very good talent and get out on the field. Uh, in Alabama, for whatever reason, they just get five star after five star. There, and Irv Smith's one of them. Isn't it funny, like Alabama and Georgia too, at running back especially, they'll have a junior who's you know they're going to play their final season because they're going to go you know come out early, and they'll be like, oh you know like Xavier Wilson or whatever this young freshman, he's even better than this guy who's the twenty one year or twenty year old junior. You know, they're this guy who's an eighteen year old kid, average like. 12 yards of carry, had 5,400 yards in high school and 85 touchdowns. And it's crazy. It happens all – it seems like it happens all the time. Yeah. It happened with Chubb. Remember when Chubb was, like, first coming in as his freshman year of college? And they were like, Chubb's better than anybody else because it's already on the team. And I think Gurley, you know, anyway, whatever. Well, I mean, people said that about Dalvin Cook's little brother when he came to Georgia as a five-star recruit, um, uh, James Cook, and, and he didn't – quite frankly, didn't see the field a ton. Did you know in this draft – uh, coming out early, he's a junior. Uh, I think his name is Elijah. Uh, I have to look this up now. Um, but from Georgia, a running back uh, named – I'm sorry, this is terrible radio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I um, I am not doing so good right now. Elijah Holyfield? Elijah Holyfield, the son of former heavyweight champion Evander Holyfield, is going to be in this draft class as well. He could potentially – be a back-end day two pick. That's another guy we, we should keep an eye on and, and see where he's going to be going in dynasty drafts after it's all said and done. I'm kind of interested in uh, Bryce Love from Stanford because he's been a – we haven't talked this about This is him. interesting, yes, because but he was, he's he a was, compelling case. Yeah, he was super crazily highly touted coming in, you know, coming into last year, right? And then what, he had some injury problems or whatever, had a bad year. Whatever he did have a bad year. He did have some – he had some ankle problems. I remember last year everybody was assuming he was going to come out after his junior year. I remember right. seeing the tweets. Uh, just got the 101 and traded for the 102 in my FFPC dynasty draft. Hello, Barkley and Love. Like just being bandied about right. as, as the obvious number two or Absolutely. maybe number one over Barkley. 
and that, that yeah, he, he has the the bad season this year. He deals with the ankle issues. He's not. He's a slight back. He is not a very hey, thick guy. Five, five ten, two oh three. So short right. and and lean, like kind of like Gio Bernard a little bit. Right. Without the ass issues. Right. <laughs> he actually, um, Dave. I don't know how you feel about this, but he skipped the Pac-10 media days this past season because he did not want to miss class. You know what, the, dude? If you're going to Stanford, you go to class. I mean, that's like the. You can make. I mean, the people who go to Stanford and graduate, they can make as much money as NFL players when they right. run, once they actually get their jobs in Silicon Valley and whatever else. And plus, he's obviously a pretty smart guy. If you got to Stanford, even the athletes have to get pretty good ACT scores and SAT scores yes. to get in there. I like I like myself quite a bit because he's being he's not being talked about anymore. But what changed really? It's like he was still he was an awesome player unless he all of a sudden has lost his ability to run the football or his ankle injuries are perpetual or whatever. I just don't see that as a pot, as a probability, and I think he's a player you can get in the second round of rookie drafts, and he'll be happy. I mean, take that shot and see what happens. Even if he gets, even if he's behind a stud player, I think it's worth worth it to get, take a shot on Bryce Love. I like the name too, Love. Bryce Love, great. Uh, just a, um, uh, a an FYI, and I'm going to brag here a little bit. My cousin was on the 1997 national championship cross country team from Stanford University. That's really cool. Uh, Jason Balkman. Nice. Just had a baby, his second baby. Really? So what he has a uh, did he have him put into his body? No, he his uh, wife, his wife gave birth. Oh, thank God. Uh, yes, just had. Where did so he Congratulations live? to him. He's bounced around. He, I believe he was. Um, He's a bartender. No, 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 no. He um, <laughs> he actually went back to school uh, for to become a doctor a few years ago, and I believe he is one right now. I think he went to Case Western, and I think he is living for his. PhD yeah, whatever. and I believe he is living in Ohio right now. He was um he was, in, a good school. he was in Vermont for a while. He's originally obviously from California, and uh, now he is I believe he's living in Ohio. Cool. Yeah, That's so good for him. Yeah, exactly. He had his picture in Sports Illustrated. Did he really? Yeah, yeah in, the, in the crowd thing or it wasn't an in the crowd because he was just a cog in the championship. If yeah. you ever look at the SI, oh. they'll have like a big picture uh, right. before the faces in the crowd, and it showed the whole team, and he was yeah. in there. So very that, cool. SI still around? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, no, it's whatever. <laughs> we were just talking about rookie tight ends. I want to stay on that uh, tip just for a little bit longer. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, according to um, an NFL personnel executive, is more athletic than people are giving him credit for, a.k.a. he's white. Um, and the executive expects Hawkinson to impress at the <laughs> scouting combine this year. Now, this is a guy who reminds a lot of people of George Kittle, and not just because they both went to Iowa. Hawkinson is one of two Iowa tight ends, Noah Fant is the other one, who could get selected in the first round of the draft coming up in April. He can get down the seam, he can win contested catches, and this is a guy, Dave, as we look at this tight end class, might be the best one. The aforementioned Jeremiah, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com, has him going number eight overall to Detroit. Number eight overall? Number eight, yes. That is huge. I mean, that's I mean, that's a really big deal, especially for FFPC. If you're going eight overall at tight end, that's that's massive. I mean, you're, you're going ahead of like other quarterback prospects and so on. That I mean, you know, when was the last time a tight end went that high? Ebron went tenth. Anyone has any tight end gone? OJ Howard, I think, was number five. Was he? He was five. I'm gonna look that up right now. Man, it's crazy. They don't they usually just don't go that high. They're kind of like safeties a lot of times. You get them in the second and third rounds usually, and even the good ones. You know, Gronk was a third round pick. I mean, so. 
Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He went in the third round. He went in the third, right? I was not even close. Hernandez was in the second. O.J. Howard was the 19th overall pick. Oh, so it's, so it's, a, it's, a, it's an expensive pick. I thought there was there. I, I feel like there was a tight end um, that went fifth overall, like higher than Ebron. I, I, man, I can't remember who it was. Because well, Tony Gonzalez was a first round pick, but he was at the end of the first, wasn't he? Yeah, he's the first first ballot Hall of Famer. Good for him. Good for him. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on Hawkinson v. Fant right now as far as these Iowa tight ends go. I don't think you can go wrong. I like them both. And and quite frankly, I would love Green Bay to get one of these guys. Why? So they can give him 90 targets? I, you know, it's, it's, again, it's a new coaching staff. It's an, it's a Maybe new, they finally throw to the tight end like other good teams do. Right, and, and, and they've when the. I can't remember the last time the Packers invest. I guess I can remember the last time the Packers invested a first-round pick in a tight end. Can you tell me who it was? Out of the uh, Bubba, U, Bubba Franks. Bubba Franks out of the U. 19, yeah, I want to say 1999. Thank you. Um, and he went to a Pro Bowl, at least one Pro Bowl. He really was not a great receiving. He tight end. was not. He was a really good blocking tight end. He was not bad. He was a pretty good blocking tight end. He was all right. <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know, if they invest a first-round pick into a – or even a second-round pick into a tight end, uh, I, I really love um, that. You know, we've been trying to fix the Packers on my local radio show this week, Dave, and um, we thought we could do it in 10 minutes, just the two of us, me and my co-host. Um, it, it required a 20 minutes and a third co-host uh, in order to do it. I think we've got it solved, and part of that was uh, T.J. Hawkinson and, uh, and a tight end on day two which I hope that they do. So that is where we stand on those uh, Iowa tight ends. We'll see how they do at the combine. I can't believe, you know, they just released some numbers this week. 338 players will be invited to the NFL combine this year. That is a record, 338. If you like watching the combine on NFL Network, uh, hopefully you uh, have a really comfy spot in your living room. You have a steady supply of uh, snacks and beverages in your house because there is going to be a lot of combine action this year. 338, that's outstanding. I'm actually, I, I was, you talking about all these tight ends and this, the, what they're going to run and this and that, got me excited about the combine. You know what is great about the NFL? They do a really great job about this, is you finish the Super Bowl, and two weeks later, it's like, it's on, it's back, right? Yeah. And I think, I will say, I'll give FFPC some credit as well, oh my God. that because of, because of the way we run Dynasty and now with early getting leagues off, I mean, we've, it's almost nonstop, right? Because... The Super yeah, Bowl's is. going on. Yeah. The Super Bowl happens, and all of a sudden you know, we have we have drafts going on for 2019. We have best ball drafts. We have dynasty teams. We're like 80 plus percent renewed already for dynasty. Right. People are making trades like crazy. Uh, we have roster. They really are. They I, really I, are. I, I get these emails every time I try. It's insane. I mean, you, know, you get all this. You get all. This. I think I get a lot of them. Most of them. I mean, I feel like I spend 10 minutes out of my day, like just getting rid of these emails. That Why I, do you get those? You should, you know, I don't know. Bryce, Why don't you just tell Commissioner them? Audio Engineer Bryce gets them too. All of them? He doesn't get all of them. He gets a, a good chunk of them. Why don't, you, why don't we tell those guys a big game? It's not uh, whatever. Anyway, we'll talk about Well, it's not a big deal. I mean, whatever. <laughs> um, it is actually a good way, if, if you're thinking about making trades, you can look, look up. I was looking up Josh Gordon trades, actually. Because yeah. There's a rumor that Josh Gordon is going to be reinstated. By the way, speaking of news. Speaking of uh, Josh Gordon, also Martavis Bryant could be reinstated. And Bryant, yeah. yeah. And actually, one of um, the Miner brothers, like M-I-N-E-R, they have a few dynasty teams. Okay. I noticed that they made a bunch of trades, trading away all their garbage picks, like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth for Josh Gordon. Not eight. Four, six, seventh, yeah. For Gordon. They were trading away all these garbage picks for Gordon. 
I'm like, what the hell are they doing? And I, then, I, then a day or two later, the news came out. So that was interesting. Elite talent over everything else. Glenn Lowy, uh, we talked about that on a previous High Stakes Lowdown podcast. And, and I, I think I really take that to heart. It is, ne- it is never more true than it is when it comes to FFPC Dynasty rosters. Uh, I think that is a great way to spend those late round picks uh, in your leagues in, in order to acquire an asset like Josh Gordon, whose value, quite frankly, can only go up. Oh, it actually can go much further down. Can it really? Yeah, it can be worth zero. Pretty well, quick. It's got to be worth pretty much close to zero right now, some dude. Of the, some of the, you know, they trade away a, a couple of thirds, a fourth, a fifth. I mean, those, those picks actually are, I think there's some value to those picks because you have to cut a lot of free agents in FFPC, so I understand. And I, I don't, because you have to cut a lot of veterans that then become free agents. Let me ask you this. This is actually a topic that Brian Studebaker and I talked about quite a bit, and I, I'm not going to reveal his thoughts on it. You can th- check out the, Brian? the episode. Yeah. Brian, by the way, who won? Not Brian. No. There's two different FFPC okay. players. Great. Brian won four. He, he plays in 10 FFPC Dynasty Leagues. He cashed in eight of them last year. He won four of them, including two 1250s and a 2500. He knows what he's doing. He, seriously, he does. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm, you don't need to give a... <laughs> well, what? I mean, it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm letting... I mean, I'm saying it a little tongue-in-cheek, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, that's fine. Um, so we're talking about Michelle versus White. Think about the Patriots offense next year, Dave. You have... 72-year-old Tom Brady at quarterback. Maybe Rob Gronkowski doesn't come back. Maybe Josh Gordon is reinstated. Gordon Gordon may or may not get reinstated. I think Gronk's going back. Julian, you are more confident than I am. Julian Edelman will be another year older. Okay. And you're going to have Isaiah Wynn coming off IR. He keeps steroids during the offseason, you know. Right, so he just misses the first four games that he can come back. Yeah, he is. Do you have a problem with that, by the way? To be honest, not really. Yeah, I didn't either. (laughs) Like and I, I was talking about this. I'm like, he looks totally ripped too. It's like, oh man. Like, like under the current rules, you know, he 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 served his penance and moved on. You 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 can't hate the player. You literally have to hate the game. Right. You know, and that's that's my issue. By the way, off topic. Does the NBA even test for pot or anything, or they don't even care? No comment. So they anyway, can't possibly test for pot. I, I, listen, but Dave, half I, those guys are stoned during games. I, I'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> get into that. Um. <laughs> So anyway, um, Isaiah Wynn, who was their first first-round pick last year, went on IR pretty early, New England. Yep. You think about what this offense could be next year, and you have a couple of guys at wide receiver that are whatevers, you know, Patterson, Dorsett. I think this could be a massive Michelle White year in 2019. Yeah, I, you know, I, I get that. I mean, whether they're going to want to run the ball more frequently or do short passing game, but, you know, you – I don't think Belichick just sits on his hands and doesn't acquire receiving talent. And a lot of times he does it so cheaply and always at the end, like with just random guys that are laying around like spare parts. Or he trades for one. Well, that's great. Yeah, he did trade for Cooks. That was interesting. And then he got back the same pick later, which was also interesting. What about this? What about this? You know, Antonio Brown's a guy. That's, I was just going to yeah. ask you that. What Brand are the chances that, that the Steelers would trade him to the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, if they do it, it's, it's – it's almost ludicrous to do it because it's within your own conference. And I know. Oh, I, oh, I know, oh, I know okay, Dave. I, but oh, you're talking on, about the elite. Look at that. Like <laughs> people can't see this right now, but I'm, I'm looking at Dave Gerzak's face. He literally has words coming out of both sides of his mouth right now. Okay. You're right. You're right. Go ahead. In this particular instance. Oh, so now we're qualifying it. 
I am damn right we're fucked. All right, okay. This is Fuck you, this is totally stupid, except for this. Okay, Big Ben has one to two years left, right? The ogre. One to two years left, so does Brady, probably. One to two really successful years. Sure, yeah. So he yeah. turns into Eli. <laughs> Fatty Eli. Oh, God, please, no. Big Ben, don't Oh, it's happening. That's going to happen. Okay, so one to two good years left. Let's say two. Okay. And Brady, same thing. And they're in the same conference. And you know, the Patriots division is so, so crappy. It's always so terrible. I mean, we have Miami and the Jets and Buffalo consistently sucking. Buffalo's defense is always good, especially at home. And it looks like they got a quarterback now. Yep, it, it, it does. But nevertheless. Offensive line's pretty good. They're still not on the Patriots level. Right. They always roll through their division. Nobody on that, in that division is close you to just the Patriots can't, You level. can't give up Antonio Brown to a team like that because it's just, you're going to be playing on the road in the playoffs. If you make the playoffs, you just can't do it. You know what, but Dave, I don't know. Unless, it, unless it's Antonio, the best deal. Antonio Brown doesn't really strike me as the type of guy who would be motivated by that. doesn't strike me as the type of guy who would have a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I know, right? He only you know, beats his girlfriend or whatever. His no, but I'm or... saying, like, if he's going up against the Steelers in the playoffs, I, I mean, what's the, total, what's the over-under on total receiving yards for him that game? 290, 292, <laughs> yeah, something exactly. like that? Yeah, uh, No, you make a good point. And he would like, throw the ball at Big Ben, like, on the sideline or whatever, and as if it's his fault. Right. That he's going to ask. Okay. Well, whatever, Dave. I mean, he is. Antonio Brown is not a very nice fellow. I don't really want to get into the whole <laughs> – I don't know any of these guys personally, so I don't want to, you know, get into that. But He's very competitive. He's an excellent football player. Right. Uh, Phil and Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, leading things off this week. How's it going? With you guys already in full-on best ball mode, I decided to jump in myself, but I'm not sure where I should target Le'Veon Bell. Could you play a Would You Rather with him for me? Thank you for the email. Phil in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. You're drafting this early? That's crazy. So, yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) why would you even say that? I'm making a joke. It's funny. Hilarious. All right, Dave. Would you rather have Alvin Kamara or Le'Veon Bell? All right. Kamara. Melvin Gordon or Le'Veon Bell? Uh, I'll take Gordon, but it's really not as far away as I... Would have thought. I agree. Melvin, excuse me, Le'Veon Bell or James Conner? Um, I'll take, I'm going to take Bell, actually. I'm going to take a random Bell. Okay. I, I would take Conner there, but it is close. Le'Veon Bell or Nick Chubb? Chubb. Okay. Are you surprised? Maybe you're not because you're taking Chubb uh, here. Chubb is going at the 203 in FFPC drafts right now, Dave. He is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth running back off the board. Does that seem right to you? I guess maybe it does. Now that you I know, think about the it. Fear, the fear of Chubb is the, is the pass catching. You know, you have an ascendant offense, great quarterback coming up. Um, now, I mean, l- I'm very concerned about his pass. Let catching. me counter that for a second. Freddie Kitchens took over the play calling duties. Uh, what, what, at week nine, something like that, week eight, right around there, about halfway through the season. Okay. It's not like Duke Johnson was all of a sudden this world beater, right? Which, if you're concerned with the pass catching, those passes would have to go somewhere. And Duke Johnson maybe. Oh, did one. they go to? Did they go to Chumla? Well, my point is like I don't, I don't necessarily think that the offense is going to change all that much from second half 2018 to 2019. Part of the reason Freddie Kitchens got the job is because the offense is very successful. Part of the reason the offense is very successful because Nick Chubb was a huge part of it. And that was a Nick Chubb who didn't catch a lot of passes. So my point is, it, it has the off, are you, I mean, is the, does the pass catching notion hold water here? Certainly you'd like him to catch passes, but even if he doesn't, 
I mean, look well, at what the numbers he did. Yeah, so let's look at the numbers. Actually, that's a great point. And so from weeks 9 through 17, does that sound fair? I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not trying to be whatever. That's fine. Uh, actually, I'll put 9 to 16. Let me get rid of that. 17 here. And Nick Chubb averaged. We need a full time intern. 19.7 yards. Or, I'm sorry, 19.7 points. Right. Uh, he was number six running back. He had a 36 point game week 10. Uh, 28 point game week 12. He had a bye week in there. And uh, so I mean, he did very well. He was just behind Derrick Henry, by the way, which I think he's a super value. And Chuck, it's interesting, though. It's, actually, this is really interesting. When, when did Kitchens uh, take over? I, 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 don't, I don't really remember. So, okay, Nick Chubb, we, we know that there was a, the, the dealings of Carlos Hyde. But uh, as of week seven, Nick Chubb had a total of three targets and no catches. Zero. But from weeks eight through 17, he had a total of 20 catches for 149 yards and two, touch, two touchdowns with 29 targets. So he got week eight. It was like, okay, three, one, three. Uh, three, three, six, one, three, three. That's not great, but it's not zero, right? And he's a great touchdown type back. He's a huge player. He's a big guy. He's always scored touchdowns. Big boy. <laughs> As Are John you? Dorsey calls him. <laughs> hey, big boy, you want to be on the Browns? Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. If, I don't know if the listeners heard that. I'm, I really apologize. <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Okay. All right. <laughs> you trying to pull up the clip? I'm trying to find out what what we. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens took oh, over. Oh, right on. Yeah. Hey, big boy, you want to be on the Browns? Five eleven, two twenty-seven. I do like Chubb actually. He's a great player. And also, he has the Matt Waldman stamp of approval. He's the number one back from last year's draft, including Barkley. Right. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. So you know, even with the, so I can, I think I think Chubb can catch 40, 45 passes. I, I think it was the mid 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 season. I mean, we don't need to get into it. But um, okay, so okay, so you'd rather have Chubb than Bell, okay? Yeah. You know, by the way, real quick, we've signed through sixteen. Let me just reiterate that uh, Christian McCaffrey was the number one running back by five point eight points over Saquon Barkley, and number two running back was Ezekiel Elliott with twenty five point three three eight. So number one. Uh, All right. McCaffrey, am I stupid? Am I stupid for? I know I missed the boat on Elliott this last year. Am I stupid for eschewing him again this year? Maybe. I mean, what's wrong with him? 103. Yeah, he's good. I don't know, man. Kellen Moore is the OC. Jason Garrett, like, basically lame duck status. John Kittin is the quarterback. It's continuity. It's continuity. That's actually good. You have Dak Prescott, who's still there. The offensive line is still great. Yeah. Cooper at receiver. It's okay. actually uh, opens things up. All right. I mean, Dallas is going to be pretty decent. Their defense will probably relatively half suck. I and mean, the offenses in that NFC, 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 NFC East are you know, pretty darn good, so they're going to have to score. Did you ever see the movie Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp? Uh, no. Okay. There's Actually, I saw Ant-Man. I did not okay. see the Do you Ant-Man. remember when he went into the quantum realm? No. Okay, we're about to go into the quantum realm of Would You Rather. I'm going to do a Would You Rather All inside right. of Would You Rather. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. Inception is on right behind you. So. Oh, there you go. All right, well, I'm going to make you think that you thought of this yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott or Christian McCaffrey? McCaffrey and Korean. McCaffrey? For me, McCaffrey. Okay. McCaffrey or, or um, okay, I think I know this one. McCaffrey or Gurley? I'm taking McCaffrey. Okay, I, get, I figured you would. McCaffrey or Barkley? I'll take Barkley. Okay, Barkley, so, right now, McCaffrey is my number two back. So you would, if you had the first overall pick in a draft, you would take Barkley? I would. I, you know, and I mean, if you had the second overall pick, you'd take McCaffrey, assuming Barkley won? Yes. Okay. I would. Go ahead and make your point. That's it. There's no point. Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson? 
Bell. I'm going to go Bell, too. I hate that Arizona team. I just Until they show me something. And if I miss, miss the boat on David Johnson, I'm totally fine with that. I actually think Johnson will have a pretty good season. Le'Veon Bell or Joe Mixon? I'll take Bell. Agree. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell or Dalvin Cook? I'll take Bell, but it's not that far from Cook. I like Cook. Did you see the, the news today? Gary Kubiak is... Um, was he the OC that got hired in Minnesota? And then he brought, he brought on Rick Dennison as well, the, the old offensive line coach from uh, Denver that he had worked with so much. They're, they're going to be running the show in Minnesota now under Mike Zimmer, who's a, obviously a defensive guy as the head coach. You know, it's funny. I thought, I thought most of those guys were dead. <laughs> was Zimmer? Yeah. Zimmer and Kubiak are still living? You know, that's, you know, I'm just kidding. Kubiak's 57. I'm only, you know, I'm only 10 years old. Well, and Kubiak had those health issues that I think that's why you're saying You know, that. Kubiak actually, though, um, you know, usually when you hear about him running an offense, it's pretty good news. So I, I feel pretty good about I feel pretty good about him running the Vikings. If I was, okay. it's weird. You know, I'm not a Vikings fan, but if I was, I feel pretty good about. It. I'm like the Packers fan who don't feel so good about it where they're at right now. Oh, okay. Well, how do you? If I'm you okay. who's the, who's the old team for the Packers? Nathaniel Hackett. What is he? Uh, he is a 24 year old uh, <laughs> graduate 24? assistant. No, I'm just kidding. He's like now he is like. Yeah, he is young. He's like in his mid to late 30s. <laughs> That's so. It'd be so funny. 24-year-old yeah. Yale grad. He got his PhD at age 19. He was a stock boy at the <laughs> at the uh, at the local uh, uh, come and go or whatever. <laughs> Quick trip. Quick trip. Uh, um, last one, Le'Veon Bell or Joe Mixon. Oh, no, I already did that one. Le'Veon Bell or Sony Michelle. Uh, Bell for sure. Michelle does not catch passes. I agree. I don't think Michelle's going to catch passes. I like Michelle. I'm James actually, White's there. They don't need I'm, to throw it. I actually am trying to trade Michelle. And I like. I actually like her. Hey, Meyer, what do you think about that? I'm trying to deal with uh, I'm just checking the chat room. Two Packers. Sony Michelle, 102, no matter what. Yeah, he's passed already. Mich- Michelle doesn't catch passes, Meyer. I'm going to just reiterate. Everybody should go download the Brian Studebaker latest high-stakes loadout. We really get into the Michelle James White discussion. This is, this is compelling stuff. Good, is it? Yes. Pete in Birmingham, Alabama. How would you two compare and contrast the skills of Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray as it relates to fantasy? I'll hang up and listen. Thank you for the email, Pete in Birmingham, Alabama. Kyler Murray, Dave, this is an interesting guy, a guy who said he will attend the NFL Combine, a guy who was a first-round pick by the Oakland Athletics in Major League Baseball, and he's uh, angling to be a first-round pick in the National Football League as well. You'd be the first ever athlete to be drafted both in the first round of the MLB draft and in the NFL draft. He obviously, uh, I'll just, I'll lead things off here between Murray and Jackson. He does not have the running chops and the athleticism that Lamar Jackson had. Lamar Jackson it was, was truly, uh, the word get freak gets thrown around a lot, but Lamar Jackson is, was uber athletic. And what he's able to do with his legs in the quarterback position was awesome. Which was we will, I will say, we have touted right. since we day did. one. We totally agree. Kyler Murray, on the other hand, while he can move the chains with his legs, he can extend plays. He is not the athlete that Lamar Jackson is, but he is a much more pure and polished passer. That said, he's like four foot tall, which, which is an issue. He's 5'11", five, five about my height. 5'11", my foot. In his bra. What's the line from Liar? Is that the line from Liar? Yeah. yeah. 5'10 really in his bra. Um, yeah, I, I, okay. Uh, what, whatever. He's a short guy. The other thing that you have to keep in mind, 
maybe he plays baseball. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. There, there is that risk. You know, and, and I don't think it's a good one. I think he does play in the NFL. But still, um, I am nowhere near as bullish on Kyler Murray as I was Lamar Jackson last year. I totally agree, 100%. I, I don't mind. I don't mind Murray, but I would not. Remember in in rookie drafts, I was targeting Lamar Jackson anywhere from the one twelve on, and I got yeah, him, I I got him almost almost everywhere. I got, I got, got him, him in Carrington. I got him in Carrington. I got him in three spots last year, and I don't think I paid. I think the highest spot I paid for him was like the two hundred five. And for a quarterback hating guy like me, that was like fingernails on the not fingernails on the chalkboard. It was like twisting my arm, like all right, I'll take him here, but I didn't like it. You know, <laughs> yeah. wanted to take a, a running back uh, or a wide receiver. So that's my feelings on on Murray. I think you and I are of one mind here. All right, I'm gonna go back to an old topic real quick, and I know we're running late on time. What do uh, Lamar Miller, Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake, Gus Edwards? Darren Sproles, Elijah McGuire, Peyton Barber, Doug Martin, C.J. Anderson, Jalen Samuels, Dante Foreman, Jalen Richard, and Adrian Peterson all have in common from weeks 10 through 16 last year. Oh, I was going to say they're all taller than Kyler Murray. But the I answer guess. is that they all scored Sony Michelle oh, because Sony Michelle was the number 37 running number 37 running back, averaging a whopping 10.467 points per PPR game. Weeks 10 through 16 last year. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Michelle, no thank you, no matter what. Okay. That's funny. Kentucky team name, no thank you, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm, it's fine with me. Unless James White tears his ACL, in which case, I love Sonny Michelle. Ah, there you go. Well, 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 what about Burkhead? You still got Burkhead farting around in that backfield, too. Yeah, good point. Forget it. Glenn in South Plainfield, New Jersey. Could a change of scenery do Devin Funchish some good, or has the ship sailed on him, and what would you give up in Dynasty to acquire him right now? Thank you for the email, Glenn, over in uh, South Plainfield, He's a free agent now, right? He is indeed a free agent. He can sign with anybody. Um, I don't think this is necessarily a robust free agent class, but oftentimes, as is the case in a lot of professional sports, Dave, um, the best free agents or the best players often never reach free agency because their team locks them up before then. Carolina chose not to do that. They have DJ Moore there as their main guy. Obviously, uh, Ian Thomas, Greg Olson, Christian McCaffrey is the other pass catchers on that team. Devin Funches, is it, sim- is it just as simple as give him a fresh start in a different city and, and watch him rise, or have we seen the Devin Funches that we can expect no matter where he ends up? Well, I just, I just pulled him up, pulled up his name with news articles, and it says he wants to stay with the Panthers, which is really a problem. I, I, I think if you can deal punches for literally anything, third-round pick, take it, because I just don't think he's ever going to become – he's actually what he is, is he's a roster clogger at this point. And I, he's been clogging some rosters right. of mine for a while. I would not – I would rather have him than a third-round pick, of just on that chance that he does fall into a good situation and then maybe his value goes up. You want to guess his age? Remember, he was one of the younger 24. players. He is. Did you you have that up? I do have it up, but I actually also knew he was twenty when he entered the NFL. Yeah, he is. Uh, turns twenty five on May twenty first. Six foot four, two hundred thirty six pound wide receiver, out of the University of Michigan. Um, if I can get a second round pick for him, I'm all over that. Uh, you get to that, you know, third round. I, I just I, I'm going to stick with Funchess then. Uh, I, I just I hate third and fourth round rookie picks. I really do. I've, I've had zero success with them. Uh, give me the proven player where I don't have to think about it. And uh, and I'll roll that way. Final email of the night, Dave. Alan McCook, Nebraska. 
Dear Southside Jerome and Sheriff gonna get you. Did you see the video of Darius Geis running already? Is he a good buy low in Dynasty right now? Also, where should I take him in redraft leagues? That is Al in McCook, Nebraska. I have a few thoughts on this, but I'll let you go first, Dave. Um, what was the question? First, it was a two-parter. First yeah. question is, is he a good buy low in Dynasty right now? Um, in my opinion, no. I, I Just because you see film of him running straight forward doesn't mean that, was that, my he, point. that he's over the issues. When you have to have the surgery and then you have to have multiple, three surgeries beyond the first one, I'm, a, I'm, I'm out. Forget it. I, I wasn't on Geist before, and he was never a pass catching back to begin with, and PPR is a problem. Uh, so no thanks. I'm passing. He, pass. he, you have to move laterally, okay, as a running back in the NFL. You just have to. I mean, that's probably number one. And the fact that he is running a straight line, if, even if he wasn't running right now, I basically have the same reaction. When he's cutting, when he's shifting, tell me that, because that's much more important. Um, I'll tell you the other thing. Positive news, though. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. It's, I, I wouldn't even say it's positive. It's just, it's, it's, you know, whatever. Well, it's better than he's not doing anything. He's saying there. That's my point. I don't know if it is. <laughs> like, it, it, he's got to be moving laterally for, for me to get excited about this. Here's the other part I don't like about it. Washington is an absolute dumpster fire this year. Probably not going to have Alex Smith. Your starting quarterback right now is Josh Johnson. Even if you bring somebody in, it's going to be either a rookie or a guy like Joe Flacco or, you know, Nick Foles or somebody like that. I can't believe they'd pay Nick Foles, but who knows? First of all, I mean, the receivers are non-existent. You can't say it's going to be Flacco or somebody like Nick Foles. I mean, like, that's like, it's a big difference between. Is it? Yes. Is it? Yes. Maybe in the playoffs. Flacco is a washed-up free agent. Nick Foles just rejected a $20 million tender for two million. I think it cost him $2 million bucks right. to become a free agent. He's going to get a big He's time. going to get paid, no question. I, and I guess Washington's paying Alex Smith a ton, so it's like, can you. So that, I mean, that was, we ripped on that to, from, from day one. That was like the worst. Yeah. It was, it Washington's was a terrible front office. And, and, okay, so that goes to my point. Their offensive, your, your point is correct. Their offensive line actually. I would say in 2016 and 2017, among the worst in the NFL. And now I look at that offensive line, that might be the strength of that offense, and it's not a compliment to their offensive line. Sure. Doxon, Crowder, give me a break. Yeah, I mean, Doxon was a bad pick to begin with, as we knew, and he still sucks. Who's the other receiver there that I'm, that I'm forgetting about besides Crowder? Is there somebody? Pierre Garcon? No, he's with <laughs> San Francisco. Is he still around? That's funny, though. Is he still in the NFL? Art Monk, I think, is who it was. Um, Jordan Reed, obviously, still there as well. I'm not excited about this at all. Dave, um, what do Marlon Mack, Darius Geist, Derrick Henry, and Philip Lindsay all have in common? They all outscored Sony Michelle by 7 to 8 fantasy points in weeks 10 to 17. Possibly. I don't know. But I will tell you this. They're all going within one pick of each other in FFPC so, drafts right now. Okay, so those players again? Marlon Mack, Darius Geist, Derrick Henry, Philip Lindsay. Tell me, that, tell me one player you'd rather have Geist over than those three? None. I, Henry, to me, is the value. I will, Henry, I think, is really he, cheap. He's going at the 402, same as Geis. The, the new OC just said, like, Henry's like, we're going to pound, you know, we're going to play him like crazy. We're going to pound him and, you know, just do it up. Doesn't catch passes, though. Deion Lewis still there. He scored 48 points without catching passes. I mean, and Deion Lewis is okay, but that's that, my point. But Deion that, Lewis is not that great, first of all. Right. No, okay, that's fine. But that was sort of my point on Nick Chubb. Well, I, I also said I like Chubb. Okay. 
If you didn't remember, I mean, but I mean, Chubb is going two full rounds ahead of Henry, which is why I like Henry as a much better value than Chubb. Okay, I really do. Yeah, no, I, I get there's it. There's not that. There's really not that big of a difference to me, in, in all truthfulness, between Henry and Chubb. What really is the big difference? They're both super talented. Big I would backs. say I, I'll say this: I like the Cleveland offense significantly better than Tennessee. I agree with that, but I mean, two full rounds better. I don't know about that. Maybe not. Is that I, is that the point? No, I agree. I I, right. I really. It, if you can get, I would take Henry at the 310, 311 if you're going to pass on Chubb. How about this? Let's see how great your Henry Love runs. We'll play a Would You Rather to end the oh, show. Is this going to be a four-hour show? No, no, no. I want it, I want it because this is important. Um, Derek Henry or Marlon Mack? Um, Henry. I agree. Derek Henry or Kerryon Johnson? I'll say Henry, but I like Kerryon Johnson. I do, too. I, totally my point. Derek Henry or Aaron Jones? Henry. I agree. Derrick Henry or Leonard Fournette? Henry, because Fournette's offense, damn team sucks. All right. So, like, right now it seems kind of stupid that we would be saying that, but I think, like, at the end of the season we'll be like, oh, yeah, obviously you should have taken Henry over Fournette. So I like Henry better as well. All right. Here's an interesting one. Derrick Henry or Damian Williams? Henry. Now, the only reason I'm saying Henry is because I still am a little skittish that Kansas City goes to the start of the regular season as – Having Damien Williams and nobody else. Yep, no no risk with Henry comparatively right. to Williams. All right, here's a fun. He's a pedigree player. Here's a fun one. Maybe not for you. Derrick Henry or Sony Michelle. <laughs> Henry. Yeah, I agree. Easy. Derrick Henry. Oh, that's here is a good one, Dave. Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook. <laughs> uh, you're baiting me here. I'm rolling with Cook. To quite frankly. Uh, I'll take Henry. All right, Derrick Henry or Joe Mixon. Henry. I would take Mixon. Derrick Henry or David Johnson? Mm, Henry. Dude, David Johnson would catch a, catch a bajillion passes. Derrick Henry's going to have like three. That's true. And last year in weeks 10 through 16, Henry outscored David Johnson by about a point a game. Yeah, but now uh, Cliff Kingsbury is going to be throwing it or having Josh Rosen dumped off Dave Johnson all the time. Josh Rosen. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to pump it downfield. He's not going to be able to. <laughs> True. Do you like Henry better than Johnson? Uh, it's it, no, you know what? It's it, very close. Blah blah I, uh, blah. Yeah, I don't know. I might change my mind. Okay. Well, that's that's about where it was. And you like Nick Chubb in a vacuum better than Derek Henry? Yeah, I do definitely. You like the value for Henry better than the Chubb value? For sure, with that. All right. Last one: Derek Henry or Le'Veon Bell? Bell. I agree. All right. That's going to do it. Because David Johnson is such, is so much better of a pass catcher, I might have to take Johnson. Oh, hold on, we got we got some action here in the uh, in the chat room. Two Packer, Michelle over Henry. You guys are idiots. I'll bet as much as you bitches want on that one. All right, fine, I'll bet him a hundred bucks that Henry outscores Michelle this A hundred dollars. Then I, I, I beat Balky in two cricket bets for a hundred recently. No, that was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I was talking to people about that. Like the guys at the radio station couldn't believe we were playing hundred dollar. Cricket I games. Did, did I, did, who said 100? So I won 340 on the slot, and so I had all this extra cash on me. And I don't even know how we got, like, I, I wasn't, you were baiting me into I, but I wasn't even planning on playing, like, I was just casually walking over to throwing the darts, and I was humming them pretty good. I'm like, oh, I, should, I should play. And I forgot how good you were at it. I'm not um, really that good. I was great. You're very good. Um, two backer says that's a deal. All right, deal done. So, all right, so Dave Gerzak has Derrick Henry. Tupacker has Sony Michelle. More total points and in uh, 2019 between those two guys. Weeks 1 through 16. Weeks 1 through 16. You guys have a hundred on it. <laughs>
So there you go. Um, That'll be fun. So, but I, I had this money, and I'm like, and I don't, I don't know if I was like, I don't know, I was. I, yeah, I, you could, we had some shots of fireball. I was overserved. Well, then like. And also like, the we server get that, was, she was a very attractive guy. Yeah, and I said to her, I'm like, hey, what was in that bomb that you gave us? She's like, oh, you want another one? I'm like, no, I just want to know what was in it. Here, Here you go. go. Here's another one. And then, us a tray and then the time. real Leroy didn't do his, so I did his. Um, she <laughs> was, was she wasn't Alyssa. 21, so she couldn't drink. Yeah, I, was, demons, I, I think demons. I think I, I shouldn't. I'm not even going to say how many drinks I had under the air because it's embarrassing. Um, but yeah, so we we so here so I blame our buddy Aaron for for costing money me money on this because we won a hundred dollars on the first game. You destroyed me. The second game I came closer, but you still won. I wanted to go a hundred again. And you were ready to until Aaron, Aaron said to you, like, don't do 100 again. You've got to stop taking his money. And fi- you're like, fine, I'll do 20. And right. I'm like, okay, yeah, fine, I'll do 20. Down. Yeah, and I won the third game. By the way, in the third game, you hit, and this is cricket we're playing, you hit right. a nine mark. I had a nine mark. A triple, 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 triple. But my whole point was Aaron cost me 80 bucks. <laughs> he because, did. Because if it wasn't him for him talking you out of doing 100 bucks on that game, I would have won 100. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it's just so frustrating. Yeah, but you know what? That's a lesson. I'm going to keep all the money. Isn't this compelling? February 8th, we're having a 90-minute high-stakes fantasy football hour. This is show. fantastic yeah. stuff. Can I'm, we please end it? Yeah, we'll end it right now. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our show this week, uh, our first show after the Super Bowl. I want to thank uh, Prasad Kanan for joining the uh, show tonight. I want to thank uh, well, Dave Gerzak. I'm sorry, I just want to bring up yeah, I, go ahead. I unveiled my 2017 Big Payback Champion trophy. From Kentucky? Yep, it, it got out of the box, so it's here in my trophy. 2017, right so that was two years ago. Yeah, it was sitting in my garage, I finally took it I off. noticed Girl, that. I'm sorry, Pearl. I, I just, I saw that, and I'm like, oh my goodness, that yeah. I, don't, I didn't notice that. That was Kurt, Kurt of course, is the brand. Right, obviously. Uh, was the brands behind the Kentucky Auction Championship this last year. Yeah, and uh, the whole thing, too. Prasad Kanan, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, of course, each and every one of you. Check out those Dynasty Orphans and the Best Ball Leagues over at myffpc.com. Uh, and, and, again, I want to remind everybody, Rotoviz Season 4 premiere, high-stakes lowdown. It's going to be a great season. And uh, we kick it off in fine style with Brian Studebaker, the real men of genius Dynasty franchise owner. Nice. Won more than $40,000 in FFPC Dynasty alone last year. Yeah. Uh, it's great stuff. Rotoviz.com slash podcast. Check that out. We'll be back next week uh, with a brand new episode for y'all. And uh, hopefully we'll be 90 minutes. Your weekend this has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dog stay on the court. Load of whips. Load of whips. Load of whips. Load of whips. Dave, you have 10 seconds to give me your Super Bowl champion for 20 for this coming year. Who is it going to be? Oh, I'll do the Chiefs. All right. I like the Patriots. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Damn, Patriots is right.